30 minutes looking into scholarships, you're able to get money all because you wrote about how them giving you funds is going to help you win whatever it is you wish to do. Welcome to Corners and Conversations. My name is Jeremy Strickland and I'm your host. I am the founder of Just Contributor Support, better known as JCS. Our mission is to provide you with some form of mentorship, guidance, and resources. The purpose of Corners and Conversations is to imagine yourself spending a pocket of time having a meaningful conversation. Corners and Conversations provide different things such as guests, perspectives, different topics of discussion, and introducing different ways for you to think about things. To ensure you are updated on the latest content, subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or listen on our website. More about JCS can be found at jcsupport.org. J, the letter, C, the letter, and the word support.org. Stay tuned. What is considered a fair price for college? So I think that college should be priced. First of all, I think it should be regulated. Mm-hmm. It should be regulated by our government, but it's it's hard to say that. Come, it, it It's hard for me to say that. And coming out of my mouth, it sounds wrong because they're the reason that we're in this whole student loan mess. But some kind of uh, third-party agency, I believe, mm-hmm. I don't know how it would work, but I think that they should regulate. That'd be interesting regulate the price of college and it should be based off of the average cost for living, Mm -hmm. eating and education based on inflation and Mm -hmm. based on where the economy's at. Right. I feel like it should be almost against the law to. It's like price gouging. Yeah. Price gouging is what it is. Oh, oh, you want education? Oh, you got to pay for it. And we and we certify it. Look at the his, look at the history behind our name. Look at the lineage. You have exactly. to pay for it. Am I paying for the education? No, you're paying for the name. You're paying all this money for the stamp that goes on a diploma that certifies your education. But you're also paying the price of the student loan. Yes, crisis that we're in right now. That's true. They're they're getting away with charging that much because they know the government will write the loan for it. Because it's guaranteed. Oh, there you go, right there. The a way of bringing the price to a fair, a fair quality tax that goes with education. Government stop guaranteeing the loans. I promise you, the cost of tuition would drop because it has to be affordable. For it to be obtainable. Exactly. <laughs> and that will become the, the balancing effect that goes with it. Because the schools, what's crazy is once you cut the check, they're not tripping. When you give them the money, they're like, oh, okay, you know, it's a little funds. They're going to take what they have, the cost of your, your semester. They'll take all that stuff out. What's ever left, they'll give it back to you. So exactly. The, so the school is off the hook because they say, hey, look, we charged what we said. We gave the rest of the money back. For yeah. some people... I'm not saying I know how to distinguish, but they're not informed about what is the difference of a Pell Grant and what is a subsidized or unsubsidized loan that they have to pay back. Exactly. So the 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 guy that I am, right, I had to realize when you do the FAFSA, the federal student assistance, it goes off of your tax return. And I said, all right, cool. There was times where I made more money. But I put it under my mother's name and said I live with her because she didn't make as much. I'm going to give you an example. It's taxable income. So for those who are in the military, I'm going to give you a loophole. If you go overseas 
is tax-free mm. dollars. So I made that was about forty thousand that year. Made forty thousand, but since it was just the two months worth of training that we did, it was only like four thousand dollars that was taxed. That's right. Right, right, right. So when I filed my taxes and I put in a fast forward, oh, you made four thousand dollars. Yeah, that's right. I didn't make a lot of money. Here go the full Pell Grant. So I had five thousand six hundred dollars, and you divide it by two because the grant is for two semesters. So okay, two thousand. Well, that is two thousand seven hundred and fifty something like that. I'm not good at math. Mm-hmm. So all right, cool. So I'm I'm minding my business. I get a notification saying there's been a disbursement, right? So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. I look at my bank account. <laughs> I called the school back. I said, hey, I think something wrong. I said, what you mean? I said I have two thousand seven hundred and fifty dollars. Like I. I'm not about to owe nobody. They said, no, no, sir, that's that's what's for you. So what do you mean that's for me? They said, well, you paid for all of your education. It was paid for. Whatever money that's left, we give it to you. For some people, they get the same experience, but they owe Sally Mae. <laughs> for me, it was, you have this money because you gave us too much money. Your Pell Grant, your military benefits, and all the other stuff that goes with it. Even scholarships as well, you know, because some stuff they can't hold on to. They're not a financial institution. They're a school. So once they charge their rates, they have to give you the money. And I said, wait, you mean to tell me that I get a check twice a year? So that's like a tax return without filing taxes. I said, I need mm-hmm. that. And then the veterans benefits. So I get to pay a guaranteed check every month that's tax free. Yeah, I need that, <laughs> you know. Them tax-free dollars. Right, because it's the U.S. Treasury that's giving you your money. Uh, That's right. And so I said, wait, I make more money going to school than I do trying to pick up another job, another nine to five. And that was my side hustle. And so for some people, we, we keep going back to it. It's all about how you prepare yourself. Like I say, some people don't go to college correctly. Right. 30 minutes looking into scholarships you're able to get money all because you wrote about how them giving you funds is going to help you when whatever it is you wish to do. So for some people saying, man, I want to go to school, but it costs too much. I got two solutions for you. Scholarships. You could get that. For some states like Louisiana, they have the TOPS program. They have bought it back. Supposedly you get if you do a certain curriculum in high school, they will give you certain funds to go to school. So they'll pay for that. If you have to go to the college route. You can't be a a surgeon off of work ethic alone. (laughs) You have to have those credentials and all of that. But it's all about getting other people to pay for it. And I'm going to tell you all a story. I don't know if you remember this. I have found this scholarship, the veteran scholarship. I said, oh, man, I get some money off of this. You get up to $5,000 if you write the scholarship. I wrote the scholarship letter. And I was like, Zach, man, you got to do this. You got to do this. He's like, all right, cool. And so he had wrote his scholarship letter. And you helped me with it. <laughs> right. But this the this the disrespectful part. When the <laughs> when the, every time, you know, they select people, they come out with a list of people who are always approved for it. And that's like every uh, they do it twice a year in the fall and the spring. So I was like, oh, snap, I got disbursement. It was like we awarded you two hundred and fifty dollars. I was like, what? I said, man, y'all so disrespectful. And then when Zach got his, it was like three thousand or something. And I was like, "Bro, I wanted to tell you about that, dude. I don't. I didn't tell you the follow up. Oh no, no, no. What happened? So I got awarded that scholarship. Jeremy wrote, or basically wrote. I I wrote part of it, and I think he did. He did a lot of put a a secret sauce on it, man. Yeah, Jeremy put that sauce on it. So 
I got he he helped me basically. I got picked for the like the full scholarship. It mm-hmm. was like was it three or five thousand? Somewhere in between, a couple some, thousand. It, it's got some zeros behind it. So a comma. I, I was going to I was going to Grantham. I was hitting that reserve education assistance program. I was hitting that post nine eleven, and then they sent that check for the sports clips. It was through sports clips and right. veterans, veterans of foreign, of foreign wars. wars. They partnered with sports clips. So shout out to them for this. Shout out endeavor. to them. They still do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, check it out. So they sent the check to the school, but don't get me started on Grantham, dog. <laughs> don't get me started. I left them too because they didn't have a psychology degree. That's how I got to university. Well, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, they dirty, bro. No, they did me dirt. Not oh, the Veterans yeah. College. Oh yeah, their program's overpriced, in my opinion. So they all are. <laughs> they all are. So that man, I just got to get off my chest. So anyway, they sent the check to the school. My GI Bill, my Reserve Educational Assistance Program, my Pell Grant. All that hit. One time. Everything was hit. No, oh, wait, wait. They did me dirty, bro. No. Sports Clips sent them the check. And instead of giving me the check because I was already settled up, they said, yeah, we're just going to send this back to Sports Clips. Dang. Because they couldn't keep it. But no school could keep it. They were supposed to pass that on. I never <sighs> got that money, Stricklo. But they sent it back to Sports Clip. But you could say you was a recipient of the grant. I was, I was, and my boy Strickland got me there, and that's kind of messed up because he didn't get it, and I did. Oh, speaking of which, for anybody who need help with scholarship writing, anybody who need help with, let's say, letters of recommendation, I'm gonna have my email address in the podcast show notes. All right, so you can reach me at contact at jcsupport.org. I'm usually a Google Docs kind of person. I mean, you could send an email. But it's better to use Google Docs, in my opinion, because when you're writing stuff, I could edit with you as well so you could see the updates and I could put comments on the side to explain to you why you should write in this format or what colleges or other institutions are used to seeing. So, yeah, look out for that as well. Yes, sir. What's amazing about it, though, is that for some people, they don't think that college is best for them, but they never tried it. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. So what I would recommend, like I tell everybody, if I was to do it over again, community college, because Absolutely. you could you could get all of the I call them extended high school classes. But when you go to college, you're like, I want to go for this degree for like the first two years. You're going to be doing all kinds of left field stuff. And you're like, why am I doing this? And they'll say, well, it's required for you to receive the degree. So the mm-hmm. electives that you have to select and all these additional classes, because they're going sometimes they tell you you have to do an additional math and additional reading class. If you're a transfer student, they say, oh, it's mandatory for transfer students to do a math and a reading class. It's really the school's way of getting that tuition, the tuition money. Right. And the electives that you have to take. I seen one person doing bowling. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I had to get an elective and finish this elective just to get enough credits to get my degree. I was like, man, that's crazy how they make money. But back to the story. (laughs) Community college, you can knock out your first two years there and get all the stuff that you need. Right. All the prereqs. All the prerequisites. Yes. When you transfer to the college for the name, you do not have to pay nearly as much compared to trying to go to that college the whole time. The second loophole. If you know three and let's say you and two of your friends, three people total is going to college. Why are all three of you living on campus and required to get a meal plan? You're paying all this money to the college when you could have just went in three ways and got an apartment. And went in three ways at the grocery store, bro. Literally. You split the bill three ways. You split the rent three ways. You split the utilities three ways. 
So for some people, when you hear that I graduated from school and I owe one hundred and twenty thousand dollars in debt, you like, how do they owe that much? The tuition is going to get them. But they didn't expect or they didn't manage the other expenses. When you think of that mandatory meal plan, people paying mm-hmm. thousands for that by the semester. When you yeah. think of on house um, living on the dorm, some people like, oh, yeah, it's simpler. But just look at it as the school is making money from the rent, as in the rental contracts for the dorm. They making money off the meal plan and that doesn't roll over. So you paying that money, either you use it or you lose it is the best way to explain it. Exactly. So they made money. Everything in the beginning. But if you if you split the rent three ways, if the rent nine hundred dollars, how much you plan how much are you paying if you split it three ways? Come on now. If you Come if on all now. three going in, let's say Hopefully if, you know the answer to that if you listen. <laughs> <laughs> if all three of you, let's say you paying uh everybody put up a hundred a month just for groceries, right? Just throwing out a number. Your number yeah. is gonna be different, but just throw out a number. When you throw that together, okay, I could afford three hundred for rent. I could afford a hundred for groceries each month, right? Let's just make it 200 just for the sake of a conversation. Mm-hmm. 300 for rent, 200 for food every month, right? And not the junk food. I'm saying food that you cook. You're going to save so much money that way. The next thing is you spend the utilities three ways. You know how you split that up? One person pay the internet, one person pay the water bill, we all split the light bill, <laughs> right? You don't right, need the right. cable and all that because you got internet streaming is everywhere when you look at it. TV is streaming now. It's not even Absolutely. cable anymore. The traditional right. way. So when you add all that up, that wasn't even $900 when you think about it. So you still yeah. have money to put gas in your car. You still have money to do all the other things that you would do because everybody is pulling together their resources instead of each person paying $900 a month, each person paying three dollars to $400 a month because of your meal plan. And so at the end of the semester, you see a whole bunch of people just swiping their uh, student ID cards like crazy, just buying a whole bunch of stuff. And they're like, why? I got to get this money off this meal plan. I got to get what I put on this meal plan before I lose it. The school winning, school getting all that. And guess where I learned that from? It was Queen who was on another podcast episode. So if you look up the Success Code podcast, we had recently did an episode about pretty much work ethics and education. And she said, if you look at a lot of immigrants, they come to America and they don't live on that campus, right? I mean, there's the foreign exchange student program that's different. But you said for immigrants, they get the student visa, come to America, and it's a group of them who all live in that apartment. And mm-hmm. she was like, imagine five people living in an apartment. Rent for you each month is just like $100 at that point. And you're mm-hmm. pulling together all your resources. It became so affordable for them to go to college. By the time they graduate, they owe little to nothing. If they're smart, they're going to do the research and say, oh, I'm an immigrant. Let me get these scholarships. They graduate without having to put forth the commitment. They graduated without having to join the military. They graduated without the, oh, I need to do this so that way I could be in a good position. They came here with the foundation, the plan of action, and their cost analysis of how they're going to get their education. So when you look at the, the doctoral field, when you look at these surgeons, you can't even pronounce their last name. But trust and believe they're making the money. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And I was just like, man, that these are the things that are not talked about at home or at school. There was one gentleman, he was saying that there was a professor. He said, man, I, he thought that school, the education system was based off of like rank structure in a sense, like with the military. Uh-huh. So if somebody's at elementary school, she just starting out. Middle school, or she making progress. High school, or you serious about education. 
He said he thought the professors was like the top of the line people because <laughs> he thought like with, with academia, you have to work your way up like in other jobs when you think of an organization. Yeah, said, yeah, yeah. Queen, when she was talking, she said, I knew that going to school was trash when my career counselor was going to the same school to get a degree as me. <laughs> and I said, well, wait, you said a career counselor was trash. She said a career counselor don't care. Because the reason why they're in that position is so that would the, the school would give like a discount for the degree if you're in like an employee of the school. Yeah. And so she was like, how do I have faith in what this person is saying? And he, he only got the job so that way he could pay for his education because he couldn't afford it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she said, how can you tell me about my path and my career when you aren't even designated in your career or have, have the uh, credentials to tell somebody yep. what path they should be doing? And I was like, man, that makes so much sense. Doesn't it? Before college, what do you think would be adequate for high schools or middle schools? All right, put it like this. When you think of the foundation of education, theoretically, it all starts at home. Right. And they go to middle school, well, the elementary school, no, oh, there's the head start <laughs> before that. Then they go into the elementary school, to the middle school, to the high school. If college is able to get away with so much with charging education, how does these other schools that are still public entities, public organizations, how are they infrastructure does not equate to the same amount of wealth, I should say? How do they not receive the same funds as colleges that write their own rules? I think that the problem there is that your colleges have these alumni associations and they have they're they're funded by private and public dollars. Correct. And I think that your high schools and your middle schools, your elementary schools, depending on where you live, like in Texas, they're heavily funded off of property tax. Mm -hmm. But there's no kind of there, there's and like in Louisiana, they're funded off of tax dollars. And Correct. there's no there there's no like extra pot of money or supporters or alumni group that are pumping money into that program. Mm. I think that's where the separation is that you see between how much money gets put into colleges and uh, versus grade school. Now, an another thing to add to your point, I was doing some research and it's interesting that for some people, let's say California, for example, this woman was explaining that there's the teachers unions. And the reason why um, there's so many positions, I don't know if each state is like this, but it was a valid point when she explained it. There's so many admin positions at a school, as in people who are not even educators, but still work for the school, is because a portion of their money goes to like the pension plans or the union funds and all that stuff. So it's like the, the rule is, if you're working in this position, you have to contribute to the organization or to the pension plan. Right. So it's not based off of people who wish to opt in to pay for it. It's mandatory to pay for it. You don't have to participate, but by law, you have to contribute to the pot. And they use those funds to go lobby for more funds from the government. So it's like a never-ending loophole of we need more money. But it's like when they have access to money, when you think of universities, they hire more administrative roles. What is a provost? <laughs> you, would uh. have, you would have a... Now, we're going back to colleges, right? There's different, there's so many positions and people are still scratching their heads on what are they used for? You would have, of course, the president, vice president, but then you'll have the chair, the co-chair. Then you have the 
the person who's over diversification, the executive over diversification. You have and they the, all got assistance. And everybody have to have their assistance, right? So on the college, they charge these inflated dollars because to justify we have all this administration. But it's like for school, where's the value placed on everybody who live at a district has to go to a certain school? So what the same woman introduced was, why don't they have school choice? As in the children are able to choose what school they wish to go to. And wherever they go, that's where the government funds follow. So it's, it's not based off of the school and the property who's around it as far as taxation and all of that. It's based mm-hmm. off of how many people go to your school is how much money the federal government provides. And they say when you do that, now children will be, well, excuse me, schools will be competing for education the same way businesses educate for their share of their whatever their product space is that they're in. And so it's like it takes the you have to live in this neighborhood in order to go to this school conversation. Mm. But as far as accountability, the parent is responsible to see to it that their child gets to that school wherever they wish to go. That's right. fair. The next thing is it takes the when you think of a school that does not have resources, a school that everybody knows is not the best setup when it comes to giving them that preparation to a college experience or getting beyond mm-hmm. in life. They were shut down. But that makes sense. If a school is not valued, why is it that it's still open? <laughs> and everybody knows it's not of quality. That's a hard question to answer, to be honest with you. Hmm. I mean, it's it's because somebody's still spending their money there or funding it. I think that it's, well, for the people who benefit from it, obviously, they're not about to go against it. What's interesting when we talk about education, I don't think people spend enough time distinguishing that education is different from schooling. I'll okay. give you an example. This is a podcast episode, and some people, they're just listening to it. They go to the show, uh, the show notes, and they look at some stuff. They got links to information. That's just like if you was at a school. The information that they're getting from this is a form of education, but it's not dedicated or derived from a school. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So education is what you invest your time in, what you focus on. And so what you focus on, I think you're more likely to attract that. Right. But some people, they're stuck at school. So you're going, you're getting up, putting on your uniform, going to school. At the end of the day, you come home and your parents ask that same question that parents always ask. They get on my nerves. So what did you learn at school today? Yeah. And the response is nothing. <laughs> your yeah, parents be yeah. like, see, you need to do something X, Y, Z. It's like, no, did that, did, was it a lie? If I say I learned nothing, the translation is I didn't learn anything I believe that is of value. Give you another example. You go through all that schooling. You finally get a job. It doesn't matter where it's at. They give you what's called a W-4 form. And you look at this and you, what is this? This is the paper you got to fill out for your taxes. Why is that not a mandatory course in school to learn? (laughs) They they really should be teaching financial uh, literacy. Yeah, financial literacy. Yeah, absolutely. And just understanding what part you play in this society. So I hear it a lot. We live in a capitalistic society. You know, it's all about the capital. They care about the profits. They don't care about the people. And I was like, if that's true, wouldn't they teach that foundation in the schools? So some people say schools is built for good workers. It's not built for entrepreneurs. It's not built for business owners. You look at a lot of people, all you need is as much as seventh or eighth grade math to run a business. When you talk about profits, expenses, what's ever left, then that's being taxed. Right. I was like, even if that's the case, 
Why don't children know the tax rate for their parish for Louisiana or county if you're out of Louisiana? Why don't they understand what inflation is? Why don't they understand credit worthiness? Why don't they understand the difference between applying for a job and how much effort that takes compared to opening a business? Yeah. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? So, exactly. Exactly. And so it's not that the school is failing the people who go to the school because if, if the way I look at it, it's doing what it's supposed to do. Right. Keep you smart enough to work the functions of the facility or whatever, but keep you dumb enough for not competing against the person who wants to buy your hours instead of investing in your value. Exactly. You know, I seen one post on Instagram and this is real disrespectful. I started looking at life differently after this. They say, if you get paid $10 an hour and you work 80 hours, you're getting paid $800. And I was like, yeah, but that, that was my mindset because that's all I was taught. But the difference is, if I sell 80 people a product that's $10, how much is that? It's the same thing. Oh, and by the way, the $800 you made is while you were sleeping because it's called it's called e-commerce. <laughs> Making sales while you're sleeping. And so the moral of the story was, well, the post, it was that you can't outwork yourself with physical hours. That's a limit. But if you learn the art of selling things, when you learn the art of closing the deal, you make so much money faster because it's not physically limiting yourself. Exactly. And I was like, wow, a lot of people go to college because they want the job security, right? I go to college, I get this degree, I go to get this job, the golden handcuffs, right? I leave this job if I didn't have my 401k. I leave this job if I didn't have my health care. I leave this job if it wasn't so convenient. <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. So what it boils down to is, what if job security, when we're talking about education, going to get this education for job security, what if that's the reason why you can't make progress? So if you was the only thing between success or financial wealth, financial freedom, however people wish to define it, mm -hmm. you'll say, well, if I don't make it, it's because of me, which means this month I made $1,000. For some people, that's not enough. Cool. But if you have, you are the person who can limit your hustle, you are the person who could add value to whatever it is that somebody needs, you know they're willing to pay for it. When you function off of that, the first month, 1000 The next month, 2000 The third month, 10000 The fourth month, 1000 The point is, it depends on your level of effort and how you wish to go about it. Exactly. And I was like, man, that makes sense. Well, once again, everybody, thank you for Corners and Conversations. I'm here with Zach, a lovely gentleman. Me and this king have been through many experiences together, and I hope we provided something that is of value. All right. So if you ever if you're able to, wherever you're listening to this, if you're able to subscribe, you can find us at the link in the show notes. OK, be a subscriber, share with people and let this be a conversation starter. The ending of this episode is not meant for you to say, oh, I learned something It's meant for you to go do some research on the things you think is possible for you. So once again, this is Corners of Conversation. I am your host, Jeremy Strickland here with Zach. You all take care of yourself. Peace. Take it easy. For those that are still listening, thank you for your time and contribution to JCS. If you have any topics you want covered, wish to be a guest on the show, or just a conversation, you can email me at contact at jcsupport.org or fill out the podcast request form on our website. Best wishes to you and yours, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, take care.